Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Two massive upsets yesterday, one near upset last night. Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff, and there are no more unbeaten teams in the NFL. There's still a winless team. Carolina Panthers still have not won a game yet, but as far as Teams that are undefeated no longer. San Francisco loses to the Browns yesterday in Cleveland. Perloff's Philadelphia Eagles fall to EJ's New York Jets. It's amazing, too, because the Panthers don't even have their own draft pick, and they are—they seem like the team that's tanking. I know. Well, they got out to a 14-point lead yesterday against Miami, and not only was that game never in doubt— the fact that Miami covered a massive spread was also never in doubt. They turned it on, complete with a Tyreek Hill backflip oh, yeah. in the end zone that uh, he took somebody's camera for and did a selfie backflip. Yeah, how are the Eagles going to cover that guy? Does anyone have <laughs> any ideas? And is he going to win the MVP? Uh, I am well, very nervous. Luckily, as you said yesterday, is a wake-up call for your Eagles yeah. after they lost to the Jets. So wake up and smell the Dolphins, who you're going to face next. Yeah, I feel like everyone's a little mad at me that I'm not taking that Eagles loss more seriously or the Niners loss. Nobody's going 17-0. You lose football games. And everyone's acting like the sky is falling in San Francisco or Philly. It's not. It's not about the sky is falling. It's how did it look. And I think for the Eagles, still more red zone issues. I think they went two for three yesterday, which is one of the better showings, even though the Jets defense is really good, really good. I think... It doesn't look as easy as it did for Philadelphia last year. And even you yourself said, you know, at times it feels like Jalen Hurts is either being complacent or just kind of taking it for granted that they're going to win the game because he had a chance yesterday to win the game with under two minutes at a timeout and he could not get a first down. Yeah, but Hurts is sliding a lot more this year, which to me says he's protecting himself and he's not going to do that in the playoffs. So I think they're going to be better in that sense. They never got to the brotherly shove on, which is weird. The whole game, I mean, listen, you're up 14-3, you're up 14-12, you have a field goal from 37 yards with one of the best kickers in the league to go up 17-12. 17-12 against the Jets is like being up by 21 against another team. They were destroying Zach Wilson. All they have to do is kick that chippy and it's it's done. I I, I don't know. I mean, that's how good and opportunistic the Jets' defense is because it's never really done. So they they made the kicker miss a 37-yard field goal? No, 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 not that. But you can never count out the Jets' defense because they ended up making a big play on an interception on Jalen Hurts that gets almost returned for a touchdown that Brees Hall then runs in for a touchdown. But he never would have been. If the game was was five points, he never would have been throwing in that position. Probably shouldn't have been throwing in that position anyway. They, They were at midfield. The win probability was close to 99% at that point. It was it was a fluky loss. Well, win probability. I mean, that 
basically was invented just yeah. so they could show that graph that's they, win probability and then have it plummet all the way to the bottom. I well, don't know. I mean, what are the odds uh, out of 100? What are the odds that Jalen Hurts throws a basically a pick six up at the end of a game with two minutes left? Well, that's the thing. At, I at think, midfield, when I, they could have just run the ball anyway. Well, I think that's why people are mad that you're not giving the Jets their due, which is because the Jets have made good quarterbacks look bad. And they did it again yesterday. It's not just that last play, although I was expecting a little bit more from Hertz on the last play, but uh, the last drive rather. But they've done this now. Like they have to get their due. It, it, the crazy thing about the Jets is if Zach Wilson, if it's anybody but Zach Wilson, mm. instead of being three and three, they're probably five, five, and, one. Three five and, three. and one. Yeah, probably three and three. <laughs> <laughs> no. I I don't know. First of all, I think they might have won that week one game because it was Zach Wilson. Because the Bills saw Aaron Rodgers go out of the game and exhaled and be like, I, I don't yeah. think it's as certain as that they would be. Last night, their offense did not. I, I don't think it's so certain that Rodgers would have won. And don't tell me their defense did anything there. If the Eagles had just called run plays at the end of the game instead of keep on throwing. That pick six was so dumb. I mean, why was he throwing the ball there? EJ himself tweeted out the only way the Jets are going to score is if the defense makes a play. Well, the reason why they couldn't run the ball is because the Eagles had 80 rushing yards the entire game. Yeah, they, I don't think no, they, they couldn't, couldn't run the ball. No, but they should just kill clock and make Zach Wilson go 90 yards to beat you. It's never going to happen. I think it was tough to pick up first downs, quite frankly. They didn't need one. They had, they had the game won. There was the, you didn't need a first down. All They were basically at midfield, just punt, and the game is over. But instead, they throw against the grain, 20 yards downfield into triple coverage. It was bizarre. There you go. So that was one of the major upsets from yesterday. Uh, can we hear a little from Jalen Hurts? Uh, Jalen Hurts on cut number five, please, Pete. Uh, the player's message uh, and what his, his message was to the team. Yeah, it's just a matter of um, how we respond. You know, that's, that's, that is the number one focus point. And that takes great preparation, intensity. Mental focus. Wait, sorry, EJ. Tell us again what happened. So just to be clear, Sirianni apparently did not address the team after the loss. So <laughs> it essentially it kind of became a players-only meeting kind of after this loss. Got it. So you had, uh, I believe it was uh, Hertz, AJ Brown, and someone else had spoken. Kelsey actually mentioned kind of why they ended up doing it this way. Oh, let's hear from Kelsey. Cut seven, please. Kelsey did explain that Sirianni didn't talk to the team. I think, you know, whenever you, you lose, you want to take accountability and ownership. And, you know, I think uh, we all know that that wasn't, you know, the standard that we hold ourselves to. And, you know, I think that, you know, whenever you you lose or you win or, you know, emotions are high, you know, people are going to are gonna talk. So I think, um, I don't know that it's that unique. I think that, um, you know, that's kind of how it goes when, you know, you're trying to motivate your teammates or, uh, you know, uh, you know, get get things corrected. You can try to dress that up. I mean, that's crazy because why wouldn't the coach talk to the team after a loss? Love it. Players only meeting. I'm a huge players only meeting guy. Things are going south. Players only meeting. <laughs> Give it right after the game. The players only meeting is like for Wednesday or something. Mm. Right after the game, the coach would have definitely talked to them if they won. That kind of feels like, all right, you lose. And now the coach wants to go and hide. I don't think he was hiding. I think he was letting Jalen Hurts be the leader. And also, Nick Sirianni is stone-cold crazy. We all know that. <laughs> yeah, rock, paper, scissors <laughs> over Zoom. Watch him for five minutes. That is nothing. Watch him on the sidelines. He's the most outspoken, sort of charismatic sideline coach you've ever seen. I think he was letting his leaders, A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, are two pretty good leaders, really take hold of this because that was that was 100% on the Eagles. Like, that's not like... Okay, okay, but that loss is not a loss they should have. Okay, but here's the thing, right? This, this is just where... 
if they had won, he yeah. wouldn't have just let Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown take the lead there, right? Because if you win, then the coach, and I've seen Sirianni here and all these coaches right in the middle, right there, handing out game balls and being, you know, right in front of the cameras. So you think that was shirking responsibility? You don't think he had a purpose by doing that? I think it's kind of odd, but again, Sirianni's a weird bird. Yeah, you, I think it was. Listen, th- this is the players have to do this themselves. Like, and I do think they needed sort of smelling salts on the season. They they were not they haven't had great games. They've been a lot of low scoring ball control games. This game started out with a 19 play touchdown drive, which yeah. didn't look like a touchdown drive. We came back from commercial. Yeah, <laughs> it, was it was a touchdown. Like, how so often weird. do you have a 19-play drive? I, I, these 19, 17-play drives, I just, like, they're crazy to me. And but, the Eagles thought that, like, we're in total control of this game. You I mean, can't get 19 plays unless you really have control of the game. Not to harp on it, but, I mean, I, I do think... I know Sirianni's weird. It is odd. It is odd because when you hit adversity, the team is supposed to, yes, look to the leaders on the team, but don't you look to the coach for leadership and you look around in the locker room after a bad loss and he's not there? That's weird. And I thought to me, on a different note, I don't know, we can talk about team loss or whatever, but like the defense at the end of the day didn't give up a touchdown until they literally had to give up a touchdown. And I don't know, do I want to hear from Jalen Hurts after you threw away the game? Probably not. Like oh, I'm a come defender on, on the, no, if I'm defend- did everything last night. They no, wouldn't if I'm even a defender be in the on game. the Eagles, and I basically had Zach Wilson only getting field goals, and we've been him under siege the whole game. And then all you need to do, whether it be Hurts not turning the ball over, or even Sirianni not calling a pass play, right. like I don't want to hear about looking in the mirror and accountability, which is apparently according to the reports in Philly was what. Hurts and AJ Brown were talking about. I don't know. I mean, AJ Brown played great. I don't know what he had to really say about accountability. But I just, it seems like the sure, wrong messenger. I'm sure Jalen Hurts, and I don't care if it's defense or offense, a quarterback is a leader. I'm sure Jalen Hurts came in front of that team and said, This is all on me. You know, Jalen Hurts. He's like the perfect personality. I mean, he's kind of boring, but he definitely said, This is my fault. This isn't your guys. I'm going to be better. He didn't say you guys have to be accountable. No, no, no. He can still do that, though, and the coach can still I mean, be there. It, anyway, yeah. uh, we'll see what that means moving forward. Again, the other thing about the players-only yeah. meeting is you don't call that meeting before you play the Dolphins. You play that. You call the players. Anyone who calls a players-only meeting, you call before you play like the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> oh, then, you want to win? <laughs> yeah. Then it always looks like the meeting worked. It's like I, oh, I, we met and we just blew the doors off of this this other team. You call the players-only meeting and then you. We maybe lose the next week. Yeah. Here's the reality for both the Niners. An out-of-conference road loss is not what we're talking about here. Like this, Not the worst. The number one seed is going to be determined by how you play at home. And the, you guys brought up, like, Detroit is honing in on that number one seed, too, as well. And they don't play anybody. So, I, you can, if you're going to throw away a game, do it in this situation. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, the one thing for the 49ers, you do worry about the health of McCaffrey, the health of Debo Sammy. You were worried about that anyway, even before they got hurt against Cleveland. But uh, Cleveland, with a big victory yesterday, with a third-string quarterback taking down a team, not just that you beat the 49ers. I mean, the 49ers, I think we had agreed, was the best team in the NFL going into this game. So that's a massive, massive win. Jim Schwartz is a scary defensive coordinator. Uh, Okay. I think he is. Okay, do this. Let's see them in dry weather against that Niners. I, I think, I mean, listen, the over-under on that game was 36 points because it was pouring. And that rain did come down pretty hard. They had a third-string quarterback playing for the Browns. I mean. Yeah, I, I still think the Niners, and at the end of the game, I know they got that penalty, but they could move the ball when they needed to. They just sort of took their foot off the gas as well. And by the way, P.J. Walker, as great as he was, 
They are in position to kick the game-winning field goal, throws the ball into triple coverage for the Niners and almost lost the game as I well. Know. That he was, was he got away with one. There. He was a he was a total adventure. And I love PJ Walker, Temple guy, but that was a wild, wild, ugly game. I just I, I'm not sure I can take anything away from it. I take away that without two of their big weapons, I thought the offense looked pedestrian. And maybe that's to be uh, expected. Yeah. But yeah. it is against a good defense, but in the weather. I mean, is that how you're gonna judge them though? Um, well, I mean, they might have to end up playing in some bad weather when it comes to the playoffs. You never know. Now, if, if Detroit keeps playing how they're playing, then the NFC championship game will likely be in a dome. Remember they beat the Packers in the snowy Lambeau field. So that defense can win in, in bad weather. And the defense did still look good. It wasn't like the Browns yep. were moving at will. All right. Well, I'll play a little game here about quarterbacks at crossroads, a different crossroads. EJ's going to throw out a quarterback. Perloff and I will tell you what their next step is going to be. Like, where do they go from here? EJ, you have the mic. Okay. So let's start with Chicago's quarterback who is not playing in the game after getting injured with his thumb. J- Justin Fields. What is his situation like? Justin Fields will now be competing for a starting position somewhere else. It's going to be one of those training camp competitions that he might win against like a rookie quarterback or something. This is going to look just like Mitchell Trubisky when he went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The team is bad enough that Justin Fields has not shown enough that he can be the franchise quarterback. And now that he's hurt, they have all the excuse in the world to move away from him. It's going to be hard for him to save his job anyway, Perloff. So now he's going to be in the in the role of competing for the yeah. starting job in training camp. Uh, it's possible that he's in Chicago competing for that job as well. Who knows? I think that Jerry Jones is going to be mad he traded for Trey Lance because he would have loved to give a fourth-round pickup for Justin Fields. Mm. The other team that likes sort of glitzy players, I feel like Justin Fields is going to be a Raider. I don't know. Huh. Uh, if the I Raiders don't it. get high enough to get their quarterback that they want, and Jimmy G is obviously always injured. Maybe that's a home. Who's next? So let's go to Minnesota, a guy we've been talking about a lot this morning. Kirk Cousins. What's his situation? You know, Jay in Nashville, who called before and is in our chat, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio with the Weedos and the coffee drinkers, said, mark his words, Cousins will be in Dallas. I do not think it's going to be mm. Dallas because I think Cousins, Dak, same, same. I mean, what's <laughs> yeah. the real difference? Spider-Man meme there? for sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. Um, so I might disagree with Jay on that one. I think that Cousins ultimately ends up in one of the, like, NFC South teams mm. if they decide not yep. to go quarterback, like Tampa or... Uh, you can't go from Baker Mayfield to Kirk Cousins. Oh, watch them, Perloff. Just watch them do that. I guess Atlanta would make some sense, too. But Atlanta should be going after a young yeah. quarterback. They might be a little too good. I was wondering if Cousins can get back with Shanahan. Now, let's see what happens with Brock Purdy for a full season. Can he stay healthy? And if Purdy, you know, he had a bad game. If Purdy, for some reason, struggles, then maybe Shanahan. <gasps> Purdy? Not the, the MVP, other one. I've been told. Purdy, the MVP of the league. Well, I'm not that even saying crazy. he would. I'm not even, if Cousins is a backup anywhere, say he isn't starting, like the first place he'd be a backup is San Francisco. So the other one is Mike McDaniel, of course, is a Shanahan clone. If Tua's health isn't 100%, maybe they invest, say, let's go with Tua Cousins. So high-end backup or AFC, NFC South starter, that's perfect. Uh, all right, who's next, EJ? All right, let's go to Tennessee, guy who left the game as well last week. Ryan, or this week, Ryan Tannehill. I'll take that one. Go ahead. That is definitely a Jets backup in the Joe Flacco mode, if I've ever seen <laughs> one. I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, this is Joe Flacco late career all over again. I think that Tannehill is, ob- he obviously is 
started his last game as the franchise quarterback. If he does make another start, it will be as a backup called in on spot duty. But this has got to be it. I mean, you hate to kick at a guy while he's down. He got carted off the field in London, but this is it. And now the Titans have a real interesting moment on their hands. How so? I thought they should have been tanking from Jump Street. Well, now they don't. Have, it doesn't. They're Malik Willis and Will Levis for the quarterbacks. It's not whether you're intentionally tanking or not tanking. You're not going to win any games. And now, do you trade Derrick Henry? And that would be the yep. wave of the white flag and, <sighs> and trade Jeffrey, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, Jeffrey Simmons just signed. So I don't know if he's big money, but he's their best player. So, yeah, that would be very interesting. I would wave that white flag. That's Definitely the roster you got to be rating here if you're a different GM or making phone calls at least. Okay. Let's head down to the A. Desmond Ritter. What's going on with him? <sighs> good night and good luck. Good experiment. Didn't yeah, work. It's it's over. Maybe he's a backup somewhere. Oh, he's definitely a backup somewhere. Here's the question for the Falcons. Do you go with Taylor Heineke or do you try to go with the tank? The problem is they're three and three in the no. NFC South. Like you're not going to be bad enough to tank. So I guess Heineke time. I mean, that is a team that's built around their run game. I know they have Drake London and Kyle Pitts, but they should be running the ball anyway, no matter who the quarterback is. Feels like it's Heineke time. I, I don't think they need to trade for Kirk Cousins, by the way. I, I can't picture Kirk Cousins immediately doing anything for them. So just try and run the ball, sneak into the playoffs, draft somebody at 15. Nah, Ritter is definitely good enough to be a backup, though. Or maybe they even keep him there as a backup. We've seen that situation before. I believe Heineke signed for two seasons, though, right? They oh, already have the high-end backup, I think. I'd have to double-check that. But I think Ritter's on, still under a cheap contract as a young player. Well, but Ritter, done, done in Atlanta. Okay, what about, what about New Orleans? Uh, you threw 300 yards oh. last night or yesterday, but Derek Carr, what's his situation like? <laughs> Hell if I know. <laughs> the dude can complete passes in the first half, can't complete a pass in the second half. We call Derek Carr the Bermuda Triangle around here because every time you talk about him, your boat gets shipwrecked. I mean, I think he's still kind of hurt, but this is disappointing because that defense is really good. The Saints are throwing away a great chance at the playoffs here. Car does not look good. I, I feel like it's similar to the Raiders situation where they have this guy and he's just good enough to keep holding on, but you're not really going where you want to go. I, I We talked about the contract over the weekend and they're stuck with him. So yeah. just try and make it work. That defense is still so good under Dennis Allen. I have a problem with the head coach too. So next year I might try another head coach. Try a different head coach, although I think Dennis Allen was one of the big reasons why Derek Carr is even on the team. Yeah, right? but, but so yeah, there's Devontae Adams went to the Raiders to be with <laughs> Derek, Derek Carr. Carr. Things change quickly. Relationships only go so far back. But the bottom line is he's gonna continue to be the quarterback. I mean, they'll keep doing the Taysom Hill thing, but he'll continue to be the quarterback and they will continue to be mediocre. Good luck, New Orleans. Okay, let's go to Las Vegas. Uh, Jimmy G, who got injured uh, uh, yesterday. Jimmy G injured off to the hospital, allegedly, after the game, or reportedly, not allegedly. Um, here's a question. Did I miss this? Why did they go to yeah. Hoyer and not Aiden O'Connell? Uh, Aiden O'Connell, I don't think it was even active. Okay. I was actually Googling that, and there was no quick answer. Uh, we need a uh, friend, Stu Kovacs, a uh, former producer. I have no idea why well, it's when, in the one driver. Start, O'Connell played i mean mcdaniel's kind of ripped them in the post game I, I he might have just been kind of done with the with the old doctor experiment i know that's just crazy though because well listen hoyer they end up getting the win yesterday over the patriots so he was good enough i guess you know um, he looked kind of looked a little spicy there i thought brian hoyer i've seen him play worse <laughs> <laughs> what a compliment <laughs> um 
Jimmy G, this was always going to be a one-year sort of Band-Aid kind of thing. I think he will be a backup next year, and they will draft somebody this year. I still believe Devontae Adams is going to ask for a trade at some point this season. Yeah, it's funny about the Raiders. They go to the Bears this week, and if the Bears don't have Justin Fields, who has a thumb injury, I think they could go to 4-3. and three. And then if you're four and three, aren't you trying sort of gravitating toward the playoffs? Oh, I, I think though the, the Raiders have like a very favorable schedule coming up. It's not just the Bears. Then, well, Detroit, that's going to be tough. Then the New York Giants, then the New York Jets. There's a couple W's here. Yeah. Potentially. Oh, my God. Those games, no teams reaching 20 in either of those games. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> okay. Last one here we got here is uh, Russell Wilson. Anyways, oh. What's the situation like? Oh, man. I it's mean, unlimited is what it is. <laughs> yes. Spicy and unlimited. Uh, it's limited. It's <laughs> very, limited. very limited. It's going to be limited to the rest of this season, and I'm not even sure he's actually going to finish out this season as the star. Limited. Whether it's actually his fault or not, I think they make a change at some point because this is Sean Payton's ego is now coaching yep. this team. It's not even Sean Payton. It's just the ego. <laughs> so he will make a change just for the hell of it. Um, and... They will unload him next year, I think, with draft picks and, and try to make a fancy package to get him out of there. Spicy. Nobody's trading for Russell Wilson. Why Watch would anybody? Somebody. I, Watch somebody. Somebody's going to take him on for forty million dollars or whatever it is. No, the Broncos are going to have to eat a lot of the money. But does it, you can't eat salary cap though. If you take on Russell, I don't know how this works, but. Is he going to take up a chunk of your salary cap if you trade for him? But if you have a rookie quarterback, it could sort of balance out. It's going to be a painful short-term hit here, but you can't have Russ backing up a rookie quarterback. That doesn't. That's not the natural order of things. What could happen as well is he, they, the Broncos say, look, we're going to bring in a quarterback. You're either going to be a, ba- a $40 million backup or you can take less money. We can send you someplace where they want to start you, and I think yeah. he would take that. I, think that. I don't think there's a trade. I think they have to cut him and take, take the pain in one lump. It's massive, though. The dead cap hit on this is insane. It's like six. 60 million or something. Yeah, post June 1, can't they get down to 40 million next year? A little year? bit, but still, that's still a lot if you're trying to build a team to win. Now, no, again, with a rookie no quarterback, tra- it makes it easier. There's no trade happening. What is the team that would take Russell Wilson right now? I will show bet you that he is on a, do you want to bet he's on a different team next year? No, I bet you there is no trade. That is my my bet. Oh, uh, you think he's that's just a great get bet. Cut. I think he eventually does get traded. Okay. That's, a, that's I think, even odds. Okay. Mr. Unlimited. We'll get the terms of the bet in the break. Because I'm not driving to Denver. Although, let's not get into it. Let's not have a capologist on here. Because only so much salary cap the audience <laughs> no, I, can handle. I, I, and, and you and I can handle. Meanwhile, I said we won't be driving to Denver. Looks like Perloff could be driving somewhere. <laughs> we'll get to that in just a moment. Looking at my roots already, Maggie. That bet is lost. <laughs> Where is Perloff going to be road tripping to after he loses what looks like an eventual bet? We'll get to that in just a moment. Also, what was the most interesting quarterback in the NFL doing yesterday? We'll tell you next. Don't move, Maggie and Perloff. All right, Maggie. People are still yelling at me because I'm not giving the New York Jets their flowers. Oh, my gosh. What is It's one game, people. The, the overreactions today to the Niners' loss, the Eagles' loss, and your Bills' almost loss. It's not even a loss is out of control. This is a parody league. Even the good teams are going to drop a game occasionally. The Eagles are 5-1, and one, and I'm supposed to think the sky is falling? No, but you are supposed to as the to be a good – got to be a good winner, but you also have to be a good loser. Yeah, I'm a good loser. I don't even care. <laughs> no, when, you, when your team loses, when they were a touchdown favorite, basically, you've got to credit the other team, and you're not doing that. 
I've credit the defense is really good, but the Eagles lost that game. The Jets just happened to be there when they lost it. Is Let's, that not giving them enough credit? It's not. <laughs> Let's get to uh, Aaron Rodgers, shall we? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. What the f*** is Aaron Rodgers up to today? Last night, Aaron Rodgers shows up at the game. He was without crutches, looked like no cast. 32 days after he has surgery on his Achilles and Perloff, not just that. And I don't know if I would have publicized this after the fact, considering that the Eagles scored how many points in that game? Or the Jets scored how many points in that game? Uh, Jets offense, uh, they scored one touchdown. One touchdown for the Jets offense. Yeah, but that was from the six-yard line. And the Eagles let them in, by the way. Right. Well, apparently Aaron Rodgers was a quote-unquote active voice on the headset in the Jets win over your Philadelphia Eagles. But again, like... I really hope he wasn't working on the red zone offense. It was pathetic. I was going to say, I mean, I'd probably blame Hackett for this one. I'd probably hang back a little bit. Like, "Ah, I think I was on the wrong channel. Everything was coming through in Spanish. It was weird. Yeah, I called a whole different play. And all of a sudden, there's Hassan Reddick sacking Zach Wilson on the naked (laughs) Yeah, I called 17 straight run plays for Brees Hall. I don't know what they were doing. (laughs) Um, That's Aaron Rodgers. So here's the thing now. You've got Rodgers. He's in the building. He's way ahead of schedule. Anyone can see that. Now, standing on the sidelines for a football game is not playing in the game. But with the Jets now 3-3, and the idea that they're holding the fort for Rodgers to come back, it's at least like a glimmer of a of a fleck, of a flicker, of a of a yeah. candle at the end of the tunnel. But you have a probably a limited Aaron Rodgers with a leaky offensive line. It sounds like kind of a dangerous situation to me. It could be, but anything's... I mean, listen, Zach Wilson does make a couple good throws. He can run, you know. There are some things that he does well. The problem is there's no chance that anyone in the Jets locker room has confidence that Zach Wilson could lead the team on a game-winning drive against a good team like, that's still not in place. Or, EJ, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that's still in place right now. No, it's not in place. I mean, Robert Silas said that he'd get a face tattoo if uh, Zach Wilson led them to a Super Bowl. <laughs> that was what he said to the Fox crew, apparently, for the game. <laughs> wow. Way to stand for your guy. Anyway, uh, 
it's like all, even a limited Rodgers yeah. would be better than what Zach Wilson is okay, capable th- of. They're three and three right now. The question is, if Rodgers wants to come back in December, do they still have to, where do they have to be? In playoff contention? Yeah, in playoff contention. But the thing is, is that they, they just got through the gauntlet part of their yeah. schedule. It eases up now with games at the home game, basically, at the New York Giants, uh, home for the Chargers. You're at the Raiders, at Buffalo, who they always play tough. Miami, Atlanta, Houston, Washington. How, how many of those games are they favored in, though? Uh, maybe not, but they weren't favored in the game yesterday. Yeah, I know, and they should have lost that game they yesterday. They probably weren't favored in any of these games that they won. They weren't favored against the Bills. I don't think they were favored against Denver, were they? Maybe I, Denver might I have would, been two and a half. I would like to do a show bet. No, I'm not this. betting on the Jets. I mean, the Jets are still, I saw the odds. They're still plus 500 not to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think the team is, the defense is great, but it, they have to be really good. Why bring Aaron Rodgers back and risk his long-term health unless you think you're going to contend for a Super Bowl? And you're definitely the third best team in this division. I mean, I think you're crazy if you think they're going to beat the Bills twice. You know how the Bills operate. No, I know. But, well, I do know how the Bills operate. Sometimes it looks really great and sometimes it looks terrible. And to be honest, the Bills and the Jets yeah. usually play tough games against but each other. The Bills tend to split these division games, That's right? True. Like they'll give one up to the Patriots and then they'll kill them because they're the better team. I think that they're not going to be able to beat the Dolphins, are they? Unless maybe that defense gets to the Dolphins. Well, anyway, so all these questions are now on the table here with Rodgers kind of looming as his comeback. I mean, the other thing, too, about Aaron Rodgers, I mean, as as much as this dude loves the spotlight and loves to be the center of attention, clearly loves to be doing the interviews on McAfee and all that stuff, and we love it because it gives us stuff to talk about. But I mean, I think even even he has to like cede the 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 throne of thirstiest people in sports to Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I mean, guys, it's reached J Lo A Rod levels. No. Like you're not fooling anybody. You're showing up at SNL together. And, like, doing PDAs in front of the paparazzi? Like, it doesn't have to be this overt. Well, I mean... Arrest. Yeah, but Travis Kelsey, and the, he was on Saturday Night Live. First of all, he's already hosted so it. And he came back. I'm just saying, like, he was... They had a function to be there. I, I don't mean, know if that's thirsty. If you get asked to go on Saturday Night Live, you go on Saturday Night Live. Oh, I agree with you. But do you have to do, like, the forehead kiss in front of the SUV outside of, you know, 30 Rock? Definitely not. I don't know. Let the let the two kids live their life, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is like when A Rod and J Lo went on a date to Rockefeller Center. It was like no celebrities actually go there. This is nothing like that. Those are two fake people. This is young, yeah. sweet love. I don't <laughs> yes, understand why you're bogus. so against it. It's yeah. just so obvious. It doesn't have to be this obvious. What? Up until this Over. weekend, the argument was they're not holding hands, they're not kissing. Now they hold hands and they kiss, and now you're mad at them for that too? I just think it's reached a new level of thirst. Like, we got it. You have our attention. You don't have to do all this stuff just to get our attention more. So I mean, just I, stay I'm inside and play Mahjong? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, somehow other people have relationships that aren't in, in everyone's face this much. I got to tell you, I bet Haley Steinfeld's got to be uh, out of her mind. Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Hawkeye. <laughs> oh, that's who Ellie Steinfeld yeah, is? Actually, yeah, you guys were yeah, talking about her earlier. She was in True Grit. That's a good movie. It's Josh Allen's girlfriend who probably thought she was going to get a glow up. Meanwhile, she's a spending a Saturday night at a Sabres game. Going to be like, wait a minute. I'm not on <laughs> SNL? Like, I thought dating a football player was going to give me this whole new level of fame. Huge debate in the Perloff household this weekend. Is Travis Kelsey really good looking? My wife said no. 
I think he's super handsome, especially when he goes with a mustache. Oh, see, I think the mustache is working against him, but you guys know my thoughts on that. I don't know. You're the judge, Maggie. Is Travis Kelsey, he's a good-looking man, right? Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's, woo. That was my wife's take, too. Like, he's, he's yeah, but, like, okay, like, take him or leave him. So he's not Jimmy G. I'm not sure my wife knows where Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo oh, is. But oh, she, she knows. Does. Okay, <laughs> she definitely uh, does. It didn't come up in this. There was not a direct comparison when I because they didn't really know who Travis Kelsey was as this whole Taylor Swift thing was starting. So I just show her and my daughter a picture, and they both were like, "He's fine, but not like." I mean, I'm he had safe. a dating say, show. He's he's looked better. I don't love this haircut mustache no. combination. His outfits are terrible. Though. Well, that's he's dating a rock star now, so he's got no. To he's all like he's, he's always yeah. dressed. His dress has always been quite charismatic. The thing about uh, if Travis Kelsey is just fine, then what the heck are we? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to answer that question for myself. two hundred and thirty pound <laughs> muscular man who's actually quite handsome. If he's just fine, then the rest of us are in trouble. Well, the bar is different. Have you seen the little wimps that she's been dating up until this point? <laughs> Maybe that's part of the appeal. Uh, Bogus is here with some headlines. Come on. Uh, the whiteboard isn't being updated regularly. It's been twenty days without a Bills meltdown for a while now. I'm proud of myself. We would have had one this morning, though, right? Had the Giants been any good at scoring touchdowns? Here's the snap. Fakes the handoff, throws it into the end zone. It's incomplete. Intended for Darren Waller. Taron Johnson in coverage. Caused enough disruption to force the incompletion. The game is over, and the Bills escape. Uh, most educated Ugh. folks would say Taron Johnson held Darren Waller on an untimed <laughs> Listen, down. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with you. But here's the thing: you already got one. They called the defensive hold or whatever pass interference in the end zone. You got to get the ball to the one yard line on the road. You're not getting two of those calls. But you should. I mean, his left arm was held down on the game ending play. I'm just saying you're not getting two of those. Uh, the Bills escaping the Giants 14-9. New York failing to score any points on two different occasions from the Bills' one-yard line. Head coach Sean McDermott happy to exhale last night. Proud of the way the guys found a way. Uh, I thought our offense um, came up with two uh, critical scores there in the second half, which we needed, and then uh, defensively to come back and um, basically on two, got to have a drives for them back-to-back, -back, shut them down. Nothing new yet this morning on Bills running back Damian Harris, who left the field in an ambulance in the second quarter with a neck injury. McDermott said post-game everything was trending in the right direction. The Niners' 1917 loss in Cleveland included injuries to Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't finish the Raiders' 21-17 win over the Patriots because of a back injury. The Eagles lost tackle Lane Johnson in their 2014 loss at the Jets. And Trevor Lawrence didn't get to kneel out the Jags' 37-20 win over the team that I didn't write down. The Colts. The Colts, yeah. thank you, because of a knee injury. He said he needed some further testing, but spoke to reporters without a brace, no crutches, nothing like that. Meanwhile, they play Thursday. That's a That's quick right. turnaround. In They're New Orleans? In New Orleans, yeah. And I lost a bet in that game. It was Gardner Minshew... 230 and a half passing yards. I'm like, there's no way this game's going to be tight. Like, they're going to be running the ball a lot. Meanwhile, they were down by so much because Minshew was pretty bad. Oh, I to... thought the big problem was they couldn't run the ball at all. Well, they like, were... they paid all this money to Jonathan Taylor. They couldn't get more than a yard on any run. As soon as they gave him a swing pass, he was able to take the ball 40 yards. <laughs> he was big in the passing game for them, which was killing the bet. Yeah, the Jaguars, by the way, of course, go to London and pick it up again. Of course, I mean, it's the same exact thing as last year. 
I, you know, you have them as a Super Bowl bet. I, I would, do. I like where they're headed because they look tough on defense. Rams running back Kyron Williams looked good again yesterday, running for a career-high 158 yards and a score in a 26-9 win over the Cardinals. Sam Howell, three TD throws in the Commanders' 24-16 win in Atlanta, and Joe Burrow with two early touchdown passes. Then the Bengals held on for a 17-13 win over the Seahawks. I love when, sorry, I love when coaches react like how we would react. Like Arthur Smith, when Ritter threw that interception, <laughs> was just like exactly like every Falcons fan on their couch or whatever. He just couldn't believe it. Hands on the head. Like the guys who are stoic and don't respond at all. It's like, how do you hold that yeah, in? Yeah, I get it. By the way, can you predict what the commanders are going to do on a week-to-week basis? Zero. No <laughs> They're chance. like, we, we talk about Derek Carr as a Bermuda Triangle of quarterbacks. Yeah. The commanders and the Falcons are the Bermuda Triangle of what they're going to do on a given week. It's crazy. Uh, where does Arthur Smith's mustache go in your power rankings? That, mean, that's a creepy one. Mm. Uh, not not a, good. No. Great. No. That's not I a, mean, that guy also, it's like, listen, I know that you don't need to have a lot of money. And look at Mark Davis. You know, he's got all the money in the world and that haircut. No one can explain it. But, like, Arthur Smith is, like, legitimately massively rich because yeah. of his family. Like, you can't get a better situation there. You can't have a consultant in your look. <laughs> uh-huh. Is it his family or did he marry into the FedEx it's money? Him. It's him, huh? That must be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, some baseball. The Rangers opened the ALCS in Houston with a great start from Jordan Montgomery. Just enough offense and plenty of defense. Two and one. Here's the pitch. Bregman swings. It's a high drive to deep left field. Going back is Carter. He's on the track. He's at the wall. He leaps, and he makes the catch at the 366 sign. Altuve all the way down to second base, returns to first. Yeah, return to first illegally. Review determining Altuve didn't touch second on his way back to first, so he was out as well. The Rangers winning 2-0 with Montgomery King 6 over 6 in the third. Game 2's in Houston, 4.30 Eastern today. Then the NLCS starts at 8. No sweep in the WNBA Finals. The Liberty staying alive. 87-73 over the Aces, who were 7-0 this postseason, winning those games by an average of 17 points. Guys, back to you. Do you know John Quell Jones from uh, uh, Liberty? No. Oh, GWU. Yes. Oh, wow. George Washington University, baby. Hey, if the Aces win this, is Tom Brady part of this celebration? I bet he gets money. No, is he going to be there and, like, jumping up oh, and down? Of course he is. Uh, he definitely will. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I haven't seen, because I haven't seen I, him at Kelsey the... Plum says he better be, based on how she responded in game one. She said, about time you effing showed up. <laughs> Wait, oh, so he has been at the finals, because he I haven't went, seen he him. He went to, I think, game one, and it was a big deal, because Plum, who's always been a very kind of, like, tell-like-it-is kind of kind of girl, and yeah. she was like, yeah, I, I, I told him, it was about effing time you showed up. What do you think she said to Darren Waller, her husband, yeah. about that <laughs> final play of the game last night? By the way, Waller mm-hmm. finally woke up out of whatever stupor he was in. Yeah. Finally, throw to Darren Waller. Tyrod Taylor is better than Daniel Jones would have done last night. We all agree on that? Uh, Probably. Yeah, I think I honestly think that Saquon being out there makes the difference. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's that's the thing. It's like it's crazy. Like we talked about, like oh, like the Giants, like they look so terrible without Saquon Barkley, and they can't do anything without Saquon Barkley. But like the day that Daniel Jones is not there, eh? You know, they didn't score a lot of points, but they were able to compete. There was nobody in that stadium last night in Buffalo rooting harder for the Bills than Daniel Jones. You could take it. Everybody in Western New York, me, everyone I went to high school with, all my friends, everyone on the Bills. Oh, come on. Daniel That's Jones was rooting fair. harder for the Bills than anybody. You can't have Tyrod Taylor go in and win that game. I mean, yeah. you're already an embattled quarterback. I know he's got $90 million, so what does he care? But you you, you would have lost everybody if Tyrod won that game. 
Listen, he's a Duke graduate. The Duke guys are team first guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Duke took a shot at that great Saturday Live skit about Deion Sanders. Did you see? We got to play it again. There was a random shrapnel that Duke football took, which is hysterical. Oh, good, because we have the Daily Dion coming up next. Dion gets spoofed on SNL, and it was worth staying up for. Bogus, thank you so much for the headlines. We get back to more football in just moments. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Busy weekend around the NFL and college, but we always find time for Dion Sanders. Daily. Do you believe in that? Dion. You believe in that? This portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. We bring you sound from Deion Sanders, but today a little different because after blowing that huge lead, 29-0 lead to Stanford at the half, losing in double overtime, Deion Sanders got spoofed on SNL. Here is Keenan Thompson as Deion Sanders on Saturday Night Live saying he fell asleep during the Stanford game. But it's not perfect. I mean, just last night, you lost to Stanford in double overtime. Wasn't that crazy? <laughs> Man, we were up 29 and nothing at the half. Yeah. So I went home and fell asleep. <laughs> I woke up this morning shocked as anyone. But come on, man, nobody's perfect. Name one team that's undefeated. Okay, well, well there's Georgia. Right. Michigan. Mm-hmm. Ohio State. That's another one. Florida State. Forgot about them. <laughs> Oklahoma. Sure. Penn State. Indeed. Washington. Good team. North Carolina. Tar Heels. Air Force. <laughs> and see, that's exactly my point. <laughs> <laughs> Here's more Keenan Thompson as Deion Sanders on Saturday Night Live says Colorado has won every game. Prime time in the house. You know what I'm saying? We just keep winning, man. Every game, every minute, we winning that life. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're also four and three. So, uh, so you have lost a few. Colin, look at me, man. What about me makes you think that I care about what you think about me? It was so good. So Deion Sanders gets spoofed on SNL, but in real life, this was a really tough loss because whether you were expecting Colorado to be good or whether you think that now they're coming back down to earth or getting what's due to them, I don't know how you feel about Colorado. The real reality is where's the next win on their schedule? They're playing three ranked teams after this. They play UCLA. They're playing Oregon State. They have to play Utah. They also have to play Arizona and at Washington State. It's possible that after this, you know, fun start, that Colorado ends up not making a bowl game. Yeah. I mean, UCLA and Utah, these teams, I feel like or uh, Colorado can beat them because they can't do anything on offense. So They just lost to Stanford for a I know, I know, I know. It doesn't look great. And then, by the way, I'm I'm the one who's been all season like we're getting over we're overhyping Dion, we're overhyping Colorado. I just think you know, Dion himself said it. We're just counting on Shador Sanders, our quarterback, to be Superman. And they think that they can win all these games where Shador's just gonna save them. They this is what their third overtime game. Eventually they're gonna lose one of those. I'm sorry, it's their second overtime game. I thought they went to overtime against Arizona State. You, you can't win every single overtime game. They count on Shador to just be too magical, and finally he had a mistake. Let's uh, play cut 16, please. This is the real Deion Sanders saying the team's not built for the moment. Right now, we're not built for the moment. 
we're not built for the moment. Um, some of our players aren't built for the moment where they have to make a play or they have to keep contained or they have to make a block or they have to get a, uh, another yard. We're not built for the moment right now. And some of that falls on the players, no doubt, but doesn't that also fall a bit on the head coach as well? Uh, Sanders, you know, Perloff, you had asked, like, how's Dion going to take the losing? You know, because he really didn't yeah. lose at any level when he was a player. Here was Sanders, and you can hear it in his voice, saying he's never been involved in a 29 nothing collapse. We can't sit down and have no pity party. Y'all don't feel bad for us. Some of y'all are ecstatic about what transpired today, and I know that, but that's cool. We're going to take this one on the chin because we deserve it. Um, 29, I, I, I've never been in one of these types. I, I don't remember. A t- mm. a, I, from, from youth on, I don't remember being up 29 nothing and losing a football game. I really don't. This is this is a little tough for me. Yeah, and it's like almost loss of, for words, which is never anything you would say about Deion Sanders. You got to give him some credit there, though. He is handling this pretty well. I mean – I think I thought he was going to melt down and just not understand it because that's what happens when great players become coaches. They don't understand when their players fail. He really has handled this well. I, I think he's been nearly perfect. Well, yeah, he has because he's had a lifetime in the spotlight, so you would hope that he'd handle it well, but doesn't it also some of it have to come back on him? I mean, he's not above reproach in terms of criticism for the coaching. He said he saw the team get complacent, and mm-hmm. it was like there was nothing he could do about it. He's got 70 new players, and he won three games in the beginning of the season. I, I think he's a little bit above reproach with this team because the, basically the formula in the beginning of the season, everyone said he can't win because everyone there is new. It takes time for a team to gel, and he sort of broke that expectation. I, I think he's already exceeded expectations. I give him a full pass. But you're saying like you think he's somewhat responsible no, for I, this? I think he's definitely exceeded expectations, and it. but as the games have gotten tougher – and I can't even say the opposition got tougher. I mean, they were favored against Stanford. It's like, are you seeing, I don't know. Are, are you seeing that maybe Sanders talking about his team isn't built for the moment? Is he as a coach built for the moment? As a player, he was always built for the moment. But as a coach, they've had penalties. They've mm-hmm. had late substitution stuff. They've had things they've had to clean up as a coaching yeah. staff. I mean, they inherited a 1-11 team, brought in all new players. Yeah. This totally makes sense. So I was trying to find this spread. They are six-and-a-half-point underdogs against UCLA, that's within reason. Yeah, that's I, true. I, That's a game you could win. I, I don't think they, they go the rest of the schedule without a win or two. What do they need, six to get to the bowl? They need six, yep. They're oh, four. Yeah, he's going to change that rule so, <laughs> to get Dion in a bowl game. <laughs> Make sure they're in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Uh, 855-212-4CBS. Coming up, major upsets yesterday in the NFL. What does it mean for a pair of contenders moving forward? We'll let you know. Don't move. Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.